So in November of 2019, before anyone had spoken a single word about COVID-19, I started telling people that there was a worldwide pandemic coming. every opportunity so that you can become you legend can become legendary what adjustments can you make right now to make yourself your only goal is to be the best version of you that was me and welcome to becoming legendary So this week, I am going to chat with you about a few things that are current. This is the very first week of July 2020, and Arizona has just gone back on a more restricted 30-day shutdown where gyms, bars, and tubing has been shut down. And because of this, I've had some people in the fitness world reach out to me. And and they've been commenting on how lucky it was that the studio closed down when it did. Now, there was no fortune in the fact that the studio closed down, and it wasn't, it wasn't luck either. Um, it simply was that as I looked forward, I didn't see a possible viable path. And this second shutdown is, is certainly not something that was remarkably surprising to me. And I think I spoke about it in the last episode, but I think there have been many of these things in my life where things just aren't surprising and yet they surprise people in a, in a lot of circumstances. So I want to kind of give a little history of things that I've seen that have happened that have been really obvious to me that they would happen. So first and foremost, uh, long before I I started Vitality, I had a company that was partnered with the licensed sports division of the Adidas Group, and what that meant was that I ran a territory for the brands Reebok and Adidas that were in the southwestern United States, and I handled all of the NFL, NBA, NHL, NCAA. MLB, Major League Lacrosse product that went into those states. Um, At a certain point in time, the Adidas group had the exclusive rights to produce NFL product, NHL product, NBA product, the number one NCAA school along with a slew of other schools and probably at that time MLS product as well. I worked in a division of 150, 200 people. And when you had exclusive rights to produce product, there's, there's not a lot of competition. It makes things relatively easy to be successful. Oh, it wasn't a remarkable skill set on my point. I was uh, lucky enough to be in a position where there was a lot of opportunity, and I took advantage of that opportunity. 
But then there became a time when the exclusiveness in the NFL went away. And that business, which was roughly 40% of the business, all went to Nike. And as I talked to um, my coworkers, no one really saw that as a problem. You know, they're all making enough money to be happy and sure, their paychecks were going to get cut a little bit, but it didn't matter. They're making more money than they could dream of making anywhere else. So no one questioned anything. And then I think the next chip that fell was the NBA basketball. And I would still talk to people and nobody had a problem. Um, it was very obvious. We, we had management that was running the organization, the, the division through pure fear. And we had relationships that were deteriorating with the leagues. And we had business that was dramatically going away. And it became very clear that there was not a path forward in that business. And I decided I would leave the position that I was in. And I took up another very similar position with a rival brand. And when I did that, the brand was smaller. Um, a lot of my coworkers, not to me, but got back to me that they thought I was a loser for doing so. Well, two years later, that division of 200, 150 to 200 people was cut to 10. And a lot of those people who had spoken so poorly about my decision to leave were now looking to create a job at the exact same company that I had gone to. And the moment I heard that that was happening, I left. And I became full-time Vitality because I knew that the culture that uh, was coming in was not going to be what a culture that I wanted to work in. And it wasn't going to be a culture that was long-term successful there either. And that company has now furloughed 90 plus percent of their staff. Um, those were very obvious things that were going to happen to me. Now, did I predict that they were going to furlough 90% of their staff? No, absolutely not. But healthy, strong companies don't have to put themselves in that position. And you're going to say, okay, well, Vitality wasn't a healthy or strong company. And that is absolutely true. I think if you listen to the last couple podcasts, you know that is definitely true. Um, but seeing things, um, seeing patterns within groups of people is something that I think we all have a, a really strong ability to do. And oftentimes we don't trust our own ability to see these things. Individuals can absolutely surprise us at any time, but groups of people tend to act like groups of people. So I promise this is, we're going to get to a point here. And the, the point is that I see some very clear, very distinct, very obvious problems with the way we're living as a species right now. And I've touched on them in the last couple episodes, but I want to go a little deeper here. So in November of 2019, before anyone had spoken a single word about COVID-19, I started telling people that there was a worldwide pandemic coming. 
And I didn't say this because I had any insider knowledge. I said this because as I looked around one single day while stuck in rush hour traffic and I looked at the cars around me, I saw people, I saw more people than I'd ever seen sick and I saw people that were sicker than I'd ever seen them. Now, I will guarantee you COVID was here in November of 2019. When, you, when we get back, if we ever get back to the point where they actually trace when this started and how it spread, it was here in the United States in November of 2019. I saw it. And I began speaking about it to people. Not in the terms of the, of the specific virus strain. In terms of what was coming. Because groups of people tend to act how groups of people act. And when I saw lots and lots of people who were really, really sick, I knew that wasn't going to be isolated to the I-10. It wasn't going to be isolated to the 101. These people were going to interact with other people. They were going to go around and they were going to spread what they had. And it happened. And then you see the news media starting to pick things up. And you start to see people responding to that. And you start to see people responding to things out of fear. And people are scared, logic and rationale and oftentimes kindness disappear really quickly. And I think when you're interacting with the world right now, you can feel that. You know, people are scared and, and there may be good reason to be scared, right? People are absolutely dying. But the removal of logic, the removal of rationale, and the removal of kindness very rarely lead to good things. And one of the, the things that I find most scary about the current situation is the remarkable amount of sanitation that's going on. <laughs> and this isn't a good thing. You know, Hospitals have been proving this for years. Hospitals are very likely the most sanitized places in our, on our planet. And they are also the places where superbugs are forming. And superbugs aren't some scary thing made up by the media. They're real. Superbugs are just bacteria strains that cannot be killed through our standard sanitation. And if we continue to sanitize every single thing in our lives, we are going to end up with that 0.00001% of bacteria that cannot be killed. Right? Effective against 99.999% of bacteria. But that 0.001% that doesn't get killed keeps growing and keeps expanding and starts to thrive in an environment where all the competition is killed off by all the sanitizing we're doing. So to me, when I look at this problem, this isn't something that's questionable. This is obviously going to become a part of our lives. If we don't change the way we're acting, this is a 100% problem we are going to deal with in the future. And no one's talking about it. And we're, 
We're pretending that it's not there. It's going to happen. This isn't a question of, oh, it could possibly, it will happen. We know it happens. It happens all the time in hospitals. We've been talking about what a huge problem this is, as a matter of fact, for the last few years in the medical community. And all of a sudden, we're not concerned about it anymore. We're spraying down everything. We're rubbing everything with alcohol. We're using antibacterial wipes. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're raising the bacteria that will attack us five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, one year from now. We don't know. But we're bringing that into this world. And the other thing that's for sure going to happen is there is going to be another pandemic. How can I say that? Well, it's our living conditions that have created the problem. We live in these condensed clusters of human contact. So much so that even these shelter-in-place orders really are ineffective. Because there's 20,000 households that are all visiting the one grocery store or two grocery stores or three grocery stores that are open. Well, everyone's still interacting with everyone. They're just doing it at a centralized location. So as long as we are living in communities where we are in constant daily contact, and it doesn't matter if you only go once a week or you only go twice a week or you only go three times a week or you will go however many times it works for you. It's the time spent within that place that offers the exposure. So maybe this one won't get us, but the next one will, or the next one will, or the next one will. So instead of looking at this acute problem with no possible real solutions, because we can pretend we're all going to live in bubbles for the rest of our lives, but we're not. And I think you can see that in the fact that as soon as they lift any type of restrictions, putting those restrictions back on, there's an awful lot of dissent. We're not designed to live isolated from everyone. We're not designed to live within little hermetically sealed bubbles. We are beings of this planet. So instead of looking at this no possible solution and let's put out this little tiny fire and forget the fact that there's a massive fire behind us, what can we do to make our bodies as robust and healthy and magnificent as possible? What can we do to continue to build our own immune system, an immune system that evolved on this planet to deal with the challenges of this planet? How can we make ourselves as robust a being as possible so that whatever challenges are put in front of us, physical, mental, bacterial, viral, whatever they are, our body has the capacity to deal with them. And what I'll tell you is it doesn't start with running away from everything. It starts by getting back involved with the planet, about touching the earth, about touching the soil, about growing your food, about taking care of yourself, about putting nutrients in your body that are readily and easily available. And it's about caring about yourself. Caring about yourself is different than trying to preserve your life. 
Caring about yourself is about living your life and doing the things you want to do. Being respectful of other beings, being kind to other beings, offering service to other beings, offering service to the planet that gives us our life. And when we start to take care of the planet we live on, when we start to take care of the being we are, our lives start to get better, our health starts to get better, our societies start to get better. And we have the capacity to do this. We have the tools to do this right now. No one needs anything special to eat real food, to touch the planet, to interact with the microbes on our planet on a daily basis so that your immune system is responsive and reactive to what's going on daily in your environment. Because if we continue to try to make the entire world perfectly safe, I'm telling you we're going to fail. Because it's impossible to make the entire world safe. But what we can do is we can live our best possible life by being the best possible being we can be. Now you can take my word for it. Or you cannot. And this isn't an argument over whatever you want to do about the current crisis pandemic situation. Because the reality is you have to do what makes the best decision for you. What makes the most sense for you. But I do think it's important that you stay rational. You stay connected with the people that love and care about you. And you offer that loving kindness back to everyone you possibly can. And in doing so, no matter what obstacles are put in front of us, we'll continue to grow, we'll continue to expand, and we'll continue to be the best group of humans that this planet has ever seen. Thank each and every one of you for being you. I'll talk to you soon.